Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the Dunya, the three Muslims Today we're joined with another very special guest If you guys recognize him, it's because he is the man himself Productivity athlete Assalamu alaikum Abdullah Habibi, kif halak? How are you doing today? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh I'm doing very well Barakallahu feek for asking And how are you guys doing? Alhamdulillah, I gotta ask you bro, what's with the mask? <laughs> I had a feeling that was coming uh, sooner rather than later um, I began to, I just generally didn't like being known um, Even before this, um, I was going to do streaming uh, for as a living at one point um, Even though I didn't go far too far in it um, I always like to be masked, I just prefer being unknown And wanting to just do whatever I can whilst I do it So I kind of took that on when I started business and I started my Instagram with um, just pretty much hiding my face and then I kind of become known for it. So I just pretty much hide my face online. I don't do it in public, obviously, but um, online, I just prefer to keep it that way. Um, It gives me a sense of privacy. And if anyone does recognize me, although that doesn't happen often, at least they know because he wears a mask, they'll give me that sense of privacy because they see it online already. It's like... uh... I was going to say something, but it, it would be dumb for me to say it now. But, man, may Allah bless you. That's that's honorable. Especially since, like, when you get into the online sphere and you start, you know, showing your face, it's it can go sideways very quickly. No, it does. It does, definitely. 100%. Daib, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Today, inshallah, everyone stay tuned because uh, later on, around 7 p.m. EST, we're going to have a brother come on. Uh, and say his shahada, alhamdulillah, this is, I lost count of how many already, subhanAllah, but alhamdulillah, subhanAllah. Um, may Allah allow it, you know, to, to uh, may Allah allow our brothers, inshallah, to keep accepting Islam and our sisters to keep accepting Islam and I mean, continue to bless us with the honor of being the one to do it, inshallah. I mean, ya Rabb. SubhanAllah, right, so, it's amazing. Alhamdulillah, ya Rabb. So today we're going to be talking about something that a lot of people struggle with. Me, I'm sure, Anhil and Abdullah at one point, also struggle with this, and that is productivity, being productive. So firstly, Abdullah, why don't, you, why don't you tell us what it means to be productive? When you name yourself productivity athlete, what does that mean? The name itself was just a marketing scheme. It's just a catchy name, and plus the word productive. Um, at the time, I guess it wasn't in Notion as much, but um, as um, Instagram and TikTok grew, um, and everyone just showing off their routines and everything, the notion of productivity is growing. So when someone sees the word productive, it just naturally uh, brings them towards my channel, um, which I guess has helped with the growth of it as well. So productivity can have many different meanings. And uh, obviously, from an Islamic point of view, it's very different to what it would mean outside an Islamic point of view. But in general, if we gave like a generic definition, it would just be to do the right thing at the right time at an efficient rate. And um, obviously, that could be broken down even more than that. But that would just be like a simple definition to give towards productivity. Okay. All right. Beautiful definition, alhamdulillah. How would you say most people struggle with productivity today? Do you, would you say there's a common uh, reason that a lot of people struggle with it? Um, yeah, I believe the genuine common reason revolves around just understanding their roles and responsibilities. And um, obviously, society has a certain demand of us whereby you need to be... Uh, You need to go through a certain school system. You need to be married at a certain age or at least be interested in someone at a particular age, have kids at a certain age and do things in a systematic way. And it doesn't adjust or it doesn't tailor towards people's circumstances. And I think that's where the problem is. 
Like I've dealt with different clients whereby someone may be dealing, for example, with a disabled family member. Now that by default, now they're in a lifestyle whereby a few hours of their day is taken out, not because they want to, but out of force. And obviously they're willing to because of it's their family member to look after that family member um, who has that um, condition. Whereas someone else may not have the same, uh, you can say, responsibility and therefore they have more time. And that person, may, um, when they first met me, they felt really bad because they said a few hours of my day is go gone every day. And I don't know what to do with, um, I feel like I'm wasting my life away. So obviously after speaking to them and everything, you'd let them know that something like that is very productive. We need people in society who will sometimes, they're not, they're not in front of the camera, they're not showing the world what they're doing, but they're looking after their family in such a manner. And other people, they don't have any responsibilities, so they're free to do what they want and they're free to do the decisions they like. So if you give one system to everyone, it's not necessarily going to work. Absolutely, absolutely. On her, bro. You have a comment on that? I like that. that. Yeah, I was going to say that it's, um, it, it basically goes to show that it, it's the end result, the end goal that we're actually looking at here in terms of like the productivity. Like you said, the responsibility, understanding what your responsibility is. Because if this person, if they were to say, oh, well, my responsibility is uh, opening up a business, and then now they're put into this position, they're going to struggle big time to be able to accept the fact that they're still being productive, just in a different way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think yeah. also a really big aspect um, of people not being productive is the fact that we have everything just very easy. Everything's very convenient for us in our life. Um, you know, if I want to eat, if I'm hungry, I can just pull up my phone and call a pizza shop and have food delivered to my house. You know, it doesn't take a lot of me being productive unless you consider me pulling up my phone and making a call productive. You know, things are really at our fingertips. So I think we've become accustomed to this very simplistic and easy and lazy, frankly, lifestyle. So people don't want to push themselves to go to the gym. They don't want to push themselves to learn more and do things that, you know, are not as fun as, you know, watching a movie or a show or playing video games or something like that. Would you say, actually, I think it's a good question. Would you say that once you got more productive in life, assuming at one point you weren't very productive, like a lot of young men out there, would you say that once you got more productive, that you stopped playing games as much, stopped watching movies as much and, and kind of all that stuff in your leisure time? Absolutely. So I'll, I'll, try, I'll try my best to answer this question in like a more comprehensive manner. So I, I'm a big gamer and that's pretty much all I did all my life is mainly games. I wasn't really big or fan of going out and mingling too much. I'd rather just do all my uh, entertainment was just pretty much just gaming. So you're right. As I got more productive, I definitely had to play less. However, I did find through research and through obviously personal experiences and also dealing with clients, a very, very important part of life is leisure. And but it's productive leisure. And what that means is you need to find something that suits your sort of lifestyle and doesn't go against it. Like I'll give you an example. Let's say an athlete. An athlete works most of their days in the gym or is at training with their team or doing whatever is suited depending on the athlete they are, whether they're a tennis player, whether they're a footballer, whatever it may be. Now that athlete can't go home and, for example, snack. And just they can watch a movie, let's say, but they can't watch a movie and just eat popcorn and junk because that's going to deteriorate them for the next day or for the next time they go out. Whereas the average person, let's say he does a nine to five, can watch a movie and snap because it's not going to affect their nine to five. So what I did learn is I need to find leisure that complements my life and doesn't go against my lifestyle. And that was what the big shift for me was, is that I needed to find something that when I do relax, it actually does make me feel relaxed and doesn't deteriorate me. So when I go into the next day, I don't feel like my mind's all over the place and I need to start all over again, especially when dealing with clients and dealing with a, 
with human beings, I need my head to be quite leveled and I can't be someone who's uh, quite down or weak. I need to be at, at most a very positive person when you're dealing with people and trying to uplift them and trying to change their lives. So I needed to change my leisure in that way. But as you said, you definitely do need to reduce in leisure because when you're overindulging it, you're obviously just pretty much just constant in constant dopamine. And that's what makes you lazy in the first place, because when you work, it's never going to provide you with as much dopamine or when you do anything of uh, that is not leisure or, or entertainment, you're not, you're not getting as much dopamine and therefore you're never going to feel the same amount of fun. And you're always going to have some form of resistance towards it, whether it's gym or studying or anything of the like. I can see that. What, recommendations would you give in terms of like activities of leisure that are productive it really it i it genuinely genuinely depends from person to person like a lot of people get surprised when i say game yeah i'll tell you why your yeah, gaming is so good if you're someone here yeah, who's super busy and can't leave your house much but when i keep brotherhood then find a group of brothers who who you can play games with like i know there's these group of brothers they're libyans um and they formed a great relationship between two different cities and now they'll go meet each other from city to city. And they're very, they have very strong brotherhood. And they won't leave their houses that much because they prefer not to leave it as much because of the fitna. And they'd rather um, socialize within their houses than outside their houses, or at least more commonly. And that was their way of uh, socializing and maintaining a brotherhood, whilst also maintaining their lives and not really um, overly indulging in that leisure. And then for, but um, as a just a blanket statement, it would be very, very hard. It'd literally genuinely be in accordance to each person's lifestyle. I would just have to look at the individual criteria and just be like, this is what would suit person to person. But I definitely think socializing as a whole and keeping good companionship is is very good. Yeah, I like that. It, it kind of makes me think, because right, there are, there's this what we're talking about, there's certain case scenarios with each person. But then there are certain things where it's like, let's say it's a new skill that this person may want to learn, or maybe they don't even know they want to learn it, but they probably should learn it. Um, at first, if it's something that they don't want to do, then it's not really going to be seen as leisure. Um, even if they do want to do it, they're still learning like fresh, fresh. So it's not going to be full, full leisure. Uh, but do you feel like this can also be something that, that can move in that direction to become leisure for them? So if someone's learning like a new skill and wants to turn it into basically something they enjoy a, a lot more, mm. I think, yeah, because I think most things when we start as human beings, you're never ever going to be good at anything. And when they say, oh, this person's naturally talented, I do believe in it to an extent, but you're also, it was learned talent as well. So you would have learned it somewhere at, um, at one point in your life. You can't just wake up in the morning and just suddenly, you know what, I'm so good at this thing. It must have originated from somewhere at one point. So, and because of that, most of the fun is after you're learned in something. So even like people at school, or you can say people call them nerds. The reason they enjoy their subject isn't necessarily because the subject is fun. It's because they're so good at it. And the more you're good at something, the more you like it because you feel confident within it. Whatever kind of makes you feel confident, you're going to try to be around it as much as you can. And that's what you can say. That's what would make someone like enjoy their um their work a lot more if they're good at it and they feel they see some form of comfort they see confidence in it and some form of objective in it Interesting. yeah let me um let me jump in real quick just because a lot of people in the chat are distracted because uh one person who's who's spamming something and i, I just want to clear it up inshallah for a quick second um there's this person saying 
that like I'm a part of Hezbo Tahrir and that's a horrible thing and blah 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 because we we talk about Khilafah and that stuff. Firstly, I'm not a part of Hezbo Tahrir. Even if I was, I don't know why it's such a big deal. Um, I disagree with some of their methods, but it's not like they're a whole other religion, Billah. And also, he said, whole Khalil are Tahriris. My last name's not even Khalil. Um, it's a stage name. So, I mean, that's really sad. But um, yeah, regardless, every Muslim in the world wants Khilafah. And uh, I'm going to block you because you cause a lot of fitna in the chat. Regardless, let's get back to the main topic, inshallah, so we can be productive during the stream. We got two comments. Um, Stella says, I've been lazy uh, today. And um, Brother Run, I'm coming for you, says. <laughs> Listen, with, with your level of productivity, you're not going to run and go after anyone. But he says, I'm 28 years old and I've been lazy for 28 years. Where do you start with advising you know, people who have been lazy the whole day or their whole life with being more productive? You're not allowed to say it depends on the person. No, 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 it, no, no, no. There's general advice. There's def general. There's definitely general advice. And and when it comes to when it when it comes <laughs> to being when it comes to being productive, I think you just there's definitely there's you need to start somewhere. And if you want your productivity to last, because you can give someone the general routine, which is definitely just start hitting the gym or hit some form of exercise. Because when your body feels a bit stronger, you have more energy naturally. And the more energy you have, the more productive you're going to be. That's why working out in the morning is very, very healthy for you. Because when you work out early in the day, it boosts one your dopamine, but also boosts your energy levels. And that's why, and it lasts very long, those energy levels. And that's why I personally, when I wake up in the morning, I prefer to go gym after a fajr a little, by a little bit. I'll go, to, I'll go to the gym and that's what I prefer to do and how to start my day. And then I'll just immediately go to work after that. And I feel this sense of energy. So definitely like it would just have a very basic routine. And that's my advice to everyone. Like if you've seen my Instagram from day one, when I had no followers to when I've had followers, the advice has been the same. Have a very bad routine. And what I mean by that is tell yourself you're going to wake up at a certain time. Even if it's late, that's no problem. Tell yourself you're going to go to the gym, even if it's for 10 minutes. Tell yourself you're going to sleep late, even if um, even if sleeping late is bad. The problem, the, the, the problem is not the routine that's bad. The problem is that people don't follow what they say. But when you begin to follow something, then now you tell yourself, you know what, instead of sleeping at 12 p.m., I'm going to sleep at 11.30. You've trained your mind to listen to yourself. Uh, loads of people, what, what happens is they tell themselves, tomorrow is 6 a.m., I'm going to wake up. I'm going to, it's 2023, I'm going to change. And then they don't. And that, that becomes a pattern until they realize I can't take myself seriously. And then whenever they say anything, they don't follow their word. So always advise, follow a bad routine. So just make any bad routine, as I said, Sleep late, wake up late, no problem. But as long as you're following yourself, you're like, you know what? I'm telling myself to wake up at 10, p um, 10 a.m. I'm waking up at 10 a.m. I'm telling myself at sleep at 1 a.m. I'm sleeping at 1 a.m. Telling myself, go gym 10 minutes. I'm going to the gym 10 minutes. You build this philosophy within yourself that if I say something, I'm going to do it. And then slowly from there, you begin to tweak it and make it a really good routine. And I think that's the most practical method I can give to someone who's at rock bottom. All right. You know, Slightly off topic, but not really. It's actually very on topic, but kind of off. Um, you had mentioned that you, you work out in the morning. And you had mentioned that that's actually pretty nice because, you know, it gets you energized and all that. Question I have, man, what about people who like to fast? You know, because, like, you can still work out in the morning, but it's, like, it, technically, if you work out and then you stay in a fast state for, I don't know, man. Let's see you work out after Fajr. It's, like, mm -hmm. 7 a.m. And then you're not going to eat until maybe, like, what two three four maybe five in the afternoon like I, I wonder if that's even productive at that point 
you you you'll get into a bit more technical in terms of uh, when it comes to uh, how. Yeah, that's why that's why I said it's like my react. bad. It's a it's a little no, no, off. Wait. A little off. From personal experience, I don't think fasting should affect one's ability in terms of uh, their their productivity too much. In fact, when you look into science and everything, and like when you look into the benefits of fasting, fasting should make someone more productive because when you eat. Yeah. You fulfill one of your desires. And when you fulfill your desires slowly, what happens is you become more lazy. And I remember one of um, a scientist, I can't remember his name, but he was um, given off the analogy of, of uh, the hyenas. He said they're always, they're always on the go because they're always hungry. And then if you mm-hmm. look at a lion after he has his steak or after he has his food, he's just relaxed and he's just sitting down and he's just chilling. Yeah. So if you go in the morning and you're fasting, I, if generally speaking if you have just regular like you have regular health so if you have health conditions obviously it's a different story but if you just have regular health and you don't hit the gym whereby like you're sweating you've done a crazy gym session you've just gone there you maybe done 30 40 minutes weights maybe eight to ten reps nothing too heavy just medium weight whereby you can manage it and you mainly go there because you're creating energy by like that and then when you go home you won't feel you won't feel burnt out from it because you haven't done a crazy workout so you're not going to desire food as much as you would from a very very hard workout if you're fasting then obviously you'd be a bit more logical and you're not going to go all out on that day and you do it a lot less yeah it makes sense it makes sense because the moment we eat it's like you said it's psychological and it's also physiological you know you the blood has to go to your stomach to digest the food whereas uh, you have less blood in your in your brain so you can't you can't think as clearly so the productivity does take a hit for sure in uh more levels than we can even think of um, but it, it's just a, a genuine curiosity, man, because you say working out and like I love working out in the morning, but I've always like played with this idea was like if I work out, then I go all out and then I have to eat. And if I eat, I'm not as productive. So it's like, should I just fast? Should I just work out? Which one do I do? Um, so, yeah, forgive me bro, for being a little off. off no, 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 it's cool. No, it's good. We, we have a, uh, a, a message from Brother Adam. He says, let's be honest, most people have a day job and cannot do these things easily. Even myself, a huge gym person, I found it hard to get my workouts throughout the week with full-time work. That's a, that's a fair point. I actually work with a lot of full-time people who work in nine to five. Um, and this would all depend on a few things. One, what are your responsibilities after work? Like if you come home to a family and you're there, like now you have to socialize with your kids and you have to do a few things then that would like obviously that would take away your evening so you can't really do for example gym in the evening and um, if you commute very long then it takes away your gym in the morning unless you're willing to wake up really early which most people won't be but generally speaking most people let's just say you have a few hours before work instead of waking up at seven wake up at 5 30 or 6 if you're really willing to and committed to and you're quite disciplined then you're able to go gym in the morning and then from there um, you've given yourself that hour instead of sleeping you're gone an hour into the gym and then after work you can just fully relax and i generally recommend the nine to fivers to do their workouts before um before work and not after work or maybe during their break if they have a local gym because when you do it after work is you've already done a nine to five you don't want to go and finish work and then go to the gym and then it becomes like a longer day of work basically mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, beautifully said, man. I was actually talking to one of my clients and he had mentioned that uh, we all have more free time than what we think. So it's like this person was saying that they're not. It's like um, also, you know, they should probably like look at how much, like, what are they actually doing? Like how much free time do they actually have? The question I of... usually, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, feel free. I'll, I'll, I'll remember my point. No, 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 bro. Go ahead, please. 
No, the question I just generally ask, like, because most people say they don't have time. I just ask one simple question. What's your screen time? And no one's who I usually ask that question to. Their screen time's at least five hours. So I'm like, yeah, you can go to the gym. And that's genuinely, I've had, like, my average from what I've seen, the, most of my clients would begin with between to five. And I've seen up to 18 hours a day, by the way. So I've seen extreme cases. And I would put some, from time to time, I'll ask my followers, like, what's your screen time? And I don't think I've ever seen anyone below five hours. Mm-hmm. And these are the same people, by the way, DMing me. I have no time. I need a routine. Or I need to do this. I need to do that. A lot of the solutions within, by the way, the person themselves and just shifting a few things. This is the same, like, I don't have time for Quran. I don't have time for gym. I don't have time to study my deen. I don't have time for um, my kids. I don't have time. Your screen time, a lot of the times, was rubbing you off your time. Yeah, 100%. I genuinely think if someone like, you know, had a flip phone for three days or something like that and got rid of their electronics, then they'd be a lot more productive. Because, I mean, think about it. If we don't have these things that are constantly filling us with dopamine and giving us dopamine spikes, we'd find pleasure. We'd find enjoyment in doing things like reading and learning and building and and all that stuff. I genuinely think people would do those things more naturally. Um, But I think another big point that people don't utilize are naps. You know, people can get away with like five, six hours of sleep if they nap, like agreed, maybe in the afternoon or, or, or you know, late agreed. afternoon. Like I've had days and this wasn't planned. This is just how it went, where I woke up at like, you know, before just before 7 a.m. for Fajr. I stayed up. I had courses and classes and, and video recordings and all these different things. I took a 20 minute nap. And by the way, I slept at 2 a.m. the night before. So I, I, I slept for like four or five hours, took a 20 minute nap. And I felt like I just Boy. slept the whole night. Uh-huh. Them, them naps uh-huh. are different, man. And it's the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Which leads me to the next point or the next question, which is how do we tie productivity with Islam? You know, what about the people that say, you know, I, I pray my salah and I read my Quran and I, I, you know, I do my dhikr and I'm good. Why do I need to go out and do other things and be productive in these ways if I, if I read my Quran? That's a, that's a great question. Well, um, Islam came to be so Islam is a productive religion, and as a blanket statement and as a very clear statement, Islam. The reason it's the truth is because it came with everything, and the truth has to come with everything because if it's missing anything that mankind needs, it can't be the truth. Because what you're claiming is that this is the perfect way. In order for it to be perfect, perfect means there's nothing missing. Islam has not missed out anything, and part of life is productivity. In fact, the key of life is productivity. And if you're not living productively, then what is the aim and of the objective or what differentiates people if it's not productivity? The reason why we're on different levels comes down to productivity and comes down to the person's willingness. Like if you look at the Sahaba, like let's say if you go back to Abu Bakr, anhu, he, used to, he used to go to an old lady's house who was blind, cook for her, clean for her, do everything. He would have attended a funeral. He would have given sadaqah and he would have prayed his qiyam and then it's only Fajr time. People have only woken up. This guy's done good deeds that people don't do in their whole lives just in the morning on a frequent basis. This was just his life. And then this is why they say Abu Bakr after the prophets, no man, if he was put him on one side of the scale and then put the rest of them on the other side, he would outweigh everyone. This is productivity because he understood the rights of the people and the rights of Allah. Like let's say you memorize Quran, but then you don't benefit no one. You haven't actually benefited, let's say, your neighbor or let's say your parents or let's say even your colleagues or whatever it is. You haven't benefited people. Then how are you being productive? Productivity in Islam brings everything together. 
And this is the whole point of Islam. Islam wasn't a religion whereby you stay in the house. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us out to enjoying good and forbidding evil. And it becomes it's a very comprehensive thing. In fact, there are actually there are actual Islamic sciences on productivity. It's just obviously not titled productivity. So if you look at Qawa'id al-Faqiyah, then you would find that there are different stages um, and there are different levels of productivity. And one of the verses in the in this poem called Qawa'id al-Faqiyah by Imam Sa'di, he mentions what happens when two good come together and you have to choose between the two. So you can come to, for example, right now, you need to recite the Quran, but then your mom calls you because you need to do grocery shopping. And this probably happens to people on a regular basis. And the common knowledge is what? That I'm going to just recite Quran because I'm doing a bad. I'll tell my mom, you know what, next time or something. Then your mom leaves the house, she does a grocery shopping and you're just there reading Quran. And this happens. That's less productive because the, to recite the Quran is sunnah, whereas helping your mother is obligatory. But then people don't know the differences. So if you don't know that, then you can't just tell me to sit at home and recite Quran because then you're missing out on what is really more productive. 100%. Beautiful point. Actually, I think about maybe six months ago, my sheikh gave a, a lecture on, he, he didn't title it productivity, but he, he spoke about being comfortable and being uncomfortable. And he spoke about how all throughout the Quran and the Sunnah, comfort and sitting being comfort, com comfortable and having all this leisure time and all that stuff is linked with, I'm, at the very least, I'm going to say something negative. If not, you know, you're on the path to hell. It's literally linked with being on the path to hell and being uncomfortable and working constantly and pushing yourself is linked to reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, growth, development, and Jannah. And if you look at the first ayat that came to the Prophet, um, even though he was in a state of shock, it commanded him to go out and warn during the day, to stand up all night in prayer. Allah yeah. didn't say, take your time, digest, take a break, go take a nap. Allah said, rise and warn. <laughs> Get up the night and, and pray for most of the night, except for like uh, uh, a little bit. SubhanAllah. That was what Allah SWT commanded the Prophet to do. Immediately, be as productive as possible. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah, 100% SubhanAllah. Like I even, I actually had this up because I, I had a feeling this was going to come. Do you guys know of the, um, the book? I'm very sure you guys are probably aware of it. The book of um, the top 100 most influential men of all time. Yeah. By Michael H. Hart. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I'll just read the passage here quickly from the bottom. Um, and, and this is to do with Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is the most productive man to ever live. Because even when you look at his lifestyle, let's just say, let's, even if you took away his Islam, just him as a character, you would still say he's the most productive man from how many wives he had to looking after. And a lot of the time, obviously, it was maintenance, what he was doing for, for, for the ummah. And he would look after um, the children. He would look after the society. He would look after general affairs. He would look after political affairs. He would look after army affairs. A man who's doing all of this, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if that is the person where, who is our role model, then you can't tell me that we laymen should just be um, not productive if that's who we're aspiring to be like yes we will never be on his level but that means we should be aspiring to do something um, to be as good as him so it says here it is impossible for anyone who studies the life and character of the great prophet of arabia muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam who knows how he taught and how he lived to feel anything but reverence for the mighty prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam one of the great messengers of the supreme and although in what I put to you, I shall say many things which may be familiar to many, yet I myself feel whenever I reread him a new way of admiration, a new, a, uh, a new way of reverence for the mighty Arabian teacher. 
And this is someone who's not even Muslim. And this is what he's saying about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when you obviously look at um, his summary of everything, he said, you can't debate to me that this person is not the most productive or the, the most influential man of all time. When him, most people, the other influential men grew up in societies whereby there are privileges, which is another thing when it comes to productivity. And it's kind of what we discussed in the beginning. People's circumstances can impact someone, but it doesn't limit them. And that's what maybe I didn't mention. It doesn't limit the person to, oh, now this person may be in the camera and you're behind scenes. So the person in the camera is better than you just by default. No, you just have to use your circumstances. Muhammad was in, grew up, didn't grow up in a society whereby he's privileged like every other um, leader um, of the time. He grew up in a society whereby it's a lot of filth and a lot of um, haram around him and a lot of trials. Yet he still managed to do what he did. And you've got to remember, really, his life started at 40. So people who are complaining at 28, my life, I've been lazy, or people who are 30, or people even 40, people even above, he started his life at 40, and for 23 years, he managed to achieve what he did achieve, that no man would ever achieve within 23 years, but it's still an inspiration, and that's how we should look at it. As believers, we should just look, you know what, what can I do? See my life as 60 years, let's say, for example. If I'm using my phone eight hours a day, and I'm sleeping eight hours a day, that's 40 years of my life gone on automation, sleeping and on my phone. Now I have 20 years of my life. If that's, if that's how you're going to end up living, then you need to look at yourself and realize that that's not how a man should be living or a woman should be living. I should look at my life and see, you know what, how am I going to fill up these 60 years and how am I going to be productive throughout these 60 years and have a plan whereby every year I plan to increase myself. And a lot of the time we, we compare ourselves those people on social media and people who've made it um, on camera rather than competing with ourselves and realizing, okay, this year I've memorized one juice. Next year I'm going to memorize another juice. The year after I'm going to memorize another juice. But we'll look at someone who's memorized the Quran in five years and try to compete with them. Whilst that's a good thing, compete with yourself first. And once you get to a certain level, then compete with others when you've reached that level. That's very beautifully said. And it, it's really easy for people to seem one way online. This actually goes back to what Anhel mentioned before about people you know, seeming a lot more busy than they are. I think... Honestly, from my experience, most people, including myself at one point, who act so busy, a lot of the time are not busy at all. They'll be busy like three hours of the day and the rest, they'll feel busy while they're just playing video games or watching a movie or something that's like, you can literally do that at any other point, bro. Come on. So I, I think the same kind of falls into when you see people online, you know, um, people will rent a sports car and act like they made all this money and bought mm -hmm. it and they own it. And like, you shouldn't look at these people. And the Prophet Sallallahu he said, don't look at people who have more than you. To look at people who have less than you, because that will inspire one, it may be a sense of progress. They're like, okay, at least I'm not that bad. Alhamdulillah. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not you know, put me in, in a worse situation. I'm better than some people, alhamdulillah, in, in regards to my situation. And um, just kind of push from there, inshallah. inshallah. I had a question. I a question. Go for I had it. A question. Brother, so let's say you have a client. They come to you and they tell you the situation, the whole life. And you basically deduce from speaking with them that a very good activity of leisure for them would be perhaps uh, playing video games. Would you say mm -hmm. that as for the example, right? Mm -hmm. But then what if they say, when you say that, they think for a second and they say, but what about the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? And they use his as, him as an example. And they mm -hmm. say how like he did all of these things and here I am just going to settle for playing video games as leisure. Like, shouldn't I be doing more? What would you say to this individual? 
I'll answer two questions whilst you ask one. So one is that I'll never really suggest um, leisure time for people. What I usually do is they'll give me their leisure times because obviously not everyone plays video games. What I'll usually do is they'll give me their leisure times and I'll just tell them, look, out of what you've given me, like some people say, I like to scroll through social media. And I think that should just never just generally be a leisure thing. If you went on it occasionally, okay, but I don't think it should be a leisure thing. And then they'll give me other options of what, or not options, but what other things they do. They may watch Netflix, go out with their friends. And I look at the ones where I can see it's most healthy for them. And then I told him, look, you already do this. Just do this at a higher level and, and then eliminate other hobbies that aren't as good as for you. So I tried to tell him, look, eliminate social media, eliminate binge watching on Netflix. So then you have more control over your mind and then go maybe go out of your friends more or maybe go to a family gatherings more or whatever it may be. And to answer the question whereby now if someone literally, let's just say replies and says, oh, you're telling me to, to do one of my hobbies. But even that hobby doesn't coincide with the sunnah. Um, in terms of that the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi didn't do it, then I would say, one, you're not Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi And two, I would say that people, a lot of people would say these things, but then when you don't give them that option, they go to a worse option. And that's very common. So like you told someone, um, I don't know, like let's just say someone has the opinion that, um, let's say someone's trying to get away from music, but then they also had the opinion that, you know what, nasheeds are bad. I'm like, brother, like you, you have two options right now because you need to, need to, according to you, you really need to listen to something. You find Nasheed's Haram and you find Music Haram. I'm obviously going to advise the person to go for the lesser of the two evils at that point. So that's what you can say if like, if, if I'm so-called advising someone towards something whereby they're like, you know what, this is not Sunnah. By the end of the day, each, each people would have their own ways of entertainment. Like the Sahaba, how they used to entertain themselves was, they, this is one way, obviously. This is not all the ways. But one of the ways they used to entertain themselves was obviously wrestling. Another way was that they would have watermelon skins and throw it at each other. And that was their way of entertainment. We live in a new era whereby we have new ways of entertainment. So you just got to adjust in accordance to your um, to your time. We're very advanced right now. So the way we interact is very different to the way they interacted. Especially for them, knowledge was just a normal thing. Because when you have a prophet like that around you, all you're going to want to do is going to want to be around him. So you would do your best to, to do that. So you can't really compare it on that level either. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. Just yeah. to build off that point. Well, firstly, um, Abdullah, would you be able to just shift over to the left a little bit? Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, other way, yeah. I think the camera's inverted. But um, yeah, perfect. Jazakallah And I mean, even the Prophet he, he had enjoyment. The Prophet he said that this world, the dunya, is temporary enjoyment. And the best and the best of temporary enjoyment is a pious wife. You know, the Prophet, like he had his own form of enjoyment and and, and leisure time or whatever. Um, even though he was the hardest working man, and there was one scholar, I forget who it was, but he said that uh, he wanted to take a break to kind of like you know get a little bit of entertainment and that stuff. And he saw two men, I think, carrying like a big log, and you know, one's on each end, and they're they're both carrying it down a certain path. And because they're just carrying a log, they were doing this thing where they would basically like, I guess, freestyle. And then after one finishes, the other one would continue with the next line and try and rhyme it. And they would go back and forth. Right. And so the sheikh was sitting there and he was watching, listening to them out of enjoyment. So there's nothing wrong with that. But this goes back to the point you mentioned before, which is looking at someone who's like level, like level 10, max level. And you're at level negative four. And you're like, you know, well, the Prophet Sallam didn't do that. He's level 10. It's like, bro, inshallah, let's take it one step at a time. You know, the Prophet Sallam, he stood up all night in prayer. You're not just going to start standing up all night in prayer every single night. You're not going to be able to do that. 
And Prophet himself actually discouraged others from doing that. He said, I'm the Prophet of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Other people should not be doing, you know, going to that level. So all you have to do is take it step by step. Build up. If you want to read 20 pages of the Quran a day, there's nothing wrong with starting five, starting with 10 and building your way up because these habits have to be built and they have to be formed. They're not something as much as I would love it, as much as anyone else would love it. We're not just going to wake up and be the perfect person. So the best thing and what I advise brothers to do is imagine what the, you know, the best version of yourself looks like and what's the difference between you now and you then. And then every single week set standards and goals so you get closer mm. to that, inshallah. I think that's what people should focus on. I'm surprised you didn't mention the uh, extreme uh, example. Whereas like if you go into one extreme, then you're going to dip into another extreme. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Well, like this guy is saying, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to music, but I'm also not going to listen to sheets because I think that's haram as well. And it's like, well, well then what are you going to listen to, bro? Like the Quran all the time? That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to aim toward. But if you're coming straight from music, that's tough. You know, like you, like you said, you might dip into something even worse. That is very true. That is very true. And... um. Yeah, a lot of the time when people are in an extreme, they realize that they, they jump all the way to the other end. But, uh, you know, transformation doesn't happen. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, changes don't happen overnight. It's uh, maybe a change in attitude, maybe a change in goal, but not a change in habit. It takes 21 days to make or break a habit. You know, not a change uh, in character, not a change in who you are and what you learn and understand. All that takes time, inshallah. Yeah. It reminds me of that saying, uh, Rome wasn't built in one day. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Right. Very, very true. Trying to find some uh, questions. If you guys have questions in the comments, please send them through, inshallah. And I will pull them up bit by bit. Our brother says, it is it is tough one year in the deen and I'm still struggling with music. Wow, subhanAllah. Um, Ibn al-Qaib, rahimallah, he said that the love of Quran and the love of music cannot coexist within the same heart. And I will be the first to say, Whenever I hear Quran, especially, you know, a nice recitation that I like, like Salman al-Yutaybi, Mansur al-Salimi, may Allah bless them, I cannot get the recitation out of my head. And whenever I hear a song that's catchy, I cannot get that song out of my head. So I would say find a reciter you love listening to. And I can recommend a few, like I mentioned, Salman al-Yutaybi, Mansur al-Salimi. I'm sure people in the comments, inshallah, can uh, find some great ones for you as well. And listen to recitations you like. I promise it will it will replace music like that, inshallah. But Abdullah, do you have any um any advice for the brother? Um, mashallah, he said he's he's one year into the deen and he's already thinking about this, which is already is phenomenal. Um, and mashallah, like the fact that you've asked a question um shows already a sense of iman. In fact, it shows a strong level of iman because you're already one year in and you're looking at everything that you could possibly take out your life that's negative and you're already proactive with it. So it already shows that your head is in the right place. And the fact that your head's in the right place, just keep it there. And even if you fall back into it occasionally, then Alhamdulillah, because your head's already in the right place. And because you're, because you're still early on and you're learning and you're developing, do your best to take it as slowly as possible. Like this Dean is strong and it's very, very comprehensive. And you can never learn it in one day, nor can you even learn it in one year. So the best thing that you can do is take it as slow as possible and be positive as much as you can, especially in the beginning when it comes to your religion. When the more positive you are, the more motivated you are to do things. Like 
we can everyone can criticize everything for example you could wake up for fudge uh towards the end of fudge and then criticize yourself to tell yourself you know what i could have woken up earlier for fudge but when you're in the beginning stages of your deen you don't want to keep knocking yourself off so tell yourself you know what, alhamdulillah i'm waking up for fudge i'm not missing fudge so same now with your music and everything stop it in stages even if you're doing uh you're listening to it let's say usually listen to it three hours a day listen to it for an hour a day and then replace it maybe with uh, music which isn't as bad if you're listening to music because modern day music is quite um, bad um, replace it with different types of music whereby it's it's a lesser level um, of evil and to- toxicity um, and then replace it maybe with nasheeds and then slowly slowly um, entail the Quran and other things into it and um, again just take it as slowly as possible because it is a constant battle you may even find yourself you know what you can stop um, you can stop um, music this year and then you find yourself three years down the line because some habits are really built into you. you may go to a shopping mall and you hear this one song that really hit you um, back um, in your jahiliya and then you, it hits you back and you may end up listening to that song that night. And that's what happens. You're constantly in a battle. So again, just look at it from a positive outlook and just take things um, day by day, inshallah. 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 Beautiful advice. Anahum, bro, did you want to add, inshallah, to the conversation? Yeah, yeah. I would add this bit that I, I spoke to this brother with when I was in Thailand and he had mentioned that when you listen to the Quran or even Nasheeds, but primarily the Quran, it's like, it's very nurturing for your soul on like such a deep level. And the only way you're truly aware of this is if you're mindful, if you're just aware of like what's going on inside of you, how you feel, especially after the fact, after you finish listening to the Quran the rest of the day, and then he's like, when you listen to music, like in the moment, it might it might feel amazing because you have the dopamine going through you. It might sound amazing. Like you might be really hooked to it because it has that beat, that smacking. But it's like after, when you, when you pay attention and you're mindful and you're aware of how you feel, you don't feel nurtured. If anything, you feel depleted and you actually want more of it. SubhanAllah, it's crazy, bro. So I guess the only thing that I would say is just... um. Practice being mindful because that is a skill as well. One hundred percent. Even like, especially tying it with you know taqwa, being mindful of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala as well. Because if you're mindful of Allah, you're also mindful of yourself because you know that Allah is going to hold you accountable for whatever you you know you say and you do, and so on and so forth. So that's a great point. Allah mubarak. Uh, we have a first super chat from Brother Yusuf. Allah mubarak. May Allah bless you, our brother. Uh, he says, have my first Friday uh, at the masjid today. Alhamdulillah. Oh, alhamdulillah. 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 I mean, I mean, alhamdulillah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Beautiful. Brother Tanak says, if I only understood the words, I would listen to the Quran a hundred times. Let me tell you something. The Quran, a lot of the language in the Quran is used again and again. So if you learn what those words mean, which won't take long, to be honest, maybe a few months, you will be able to understand the Quran. So take some time and learn what the words in the Quran mean and then listen to it and, and get the benefit and recite it inshallah as well and receive the benefit. Uh, this whole like, oh, if only I had this, if only I had that, if only I could do this and that is honestly very useless because it makes you feel like there is no next step for you. That's not true. The next step is just learn what the words in the Quran mean. You just outlined it yourself. So inshallah, go make that one of your goals inshallah and uh, reap the benefits of it. You know, but since he says it like this, it kind of makes me question, like, what's he listening to everything for? What's he listening to music for? He's just listening to, like, catch the vibe, like, hear what they're saying and stuff like that. 
if that's the case, then what the brother here said is 100% true. You know, like, start with the Nasheeds, because you can definitely understand what they're saying in the Nasheeds. And then yeah. from there, you just work your way into the Quran little by little, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. Now, this is a good question for you guys. Uh, can you talk about Nia intention when making, I'm assuming he meant changes? Mm. That's a good that's a that's a good one. I like that one. Um we as humans by default everyone has an intention. How pure the intention is 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 a very different circumstance and it's a very different um situation. But as of humans, everyone just has an intention just naturally. We can't really make an action without an intention. Every single action requires an intention and it has an intention by default. Again, whether the um the intentions in Islamic intention or non-Islamic intention completely different. Um, uh, question however to make an intention when it comes to change then one um, and I'm assuming here maybe he's, uh, he's just asking from an Islamic point of view then the the general advice would obviously be that begin by making the intention for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and um, from there um, make your intention very clear to what you're doing obviously as well because your intention towards something is going to be your action towards it too so like if i intend for example to only go to the gym uh because uh because i'm trying to lose weight then what happens when i lose weight is my intention's finished right now it has a timer on it i'm i've lost my weight i don't need to go to the gym no more so when you do make that intention for change try get try give it an everlasting effect by making that intention go um, as far as as far as you can, and that's why the best intention is just to have it for the sake of Allah. Because when you have it for Allah, Allah hayyan la yamut. Allah subhanahu wa taala is alive and will never die, and that's why that intention can never ever be eliminated. And that's why we're advised to always make your intention for the sake of Allah, because that intention can be renewed, it can be there again and again and again. If I make an intention limited to something in the dunya, then when that limit reaches, then that intention also is removed. 100% very beautifully said Allahumma barik um, Side note very quickly We have a brother who's asking what nasheeds are uh, Does anyone want to explain what a nasheed is? It's kind of like Vocal Music but not really music You know they They uh, use the the <laughs> They use the voice To almost mimic As if it was an instrument but it's not really Mimicking the instruments fully fully um, and then, you know, they would either maybe they would rhyme, they would maybe sing, or they would just do like humming or something like this. Uh, very beautiful, some of them. Yeah, very beautiful. 100%. And just look up Islamic Nasheed, inshallah, you'll, you'll be able to hear it. Emino um, asks, uh, what do you suggest we listen to in the gym, especially when I'm trying to go for new PRs? Oh, that's tough. I would say... Um, go on. I would say don't you don't need anything to do that. I would I say, say just start using just, just 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 use yourself at the end of the day. Like I find so many different people. Like I know people who listen to Quran in the gym and they're just able to focus on the Quran while they do their gym and everything. And um, I think it's good to obviously listen to something to block if you're if you're, especially if you're somebody who doesn't listen to music, always put something in your ears because you can always block out the music, especially with today's generation. You can use noise cancellation. But this like idea that you always need something, like even going back to the question and the advice, um that Rami gave um, to the brother, he said, we always say this if, or we always need something. So that, that brother who spoke about the Quran, he said, I need, for example, essentially what he's saying is, I need to understand Arabic to understand the Quran. 
I need, or in, in this case, I need a nasheed or something to pump me or some sort of uh, pre-workout to give me my PR. Yes, we always put ourselves in this um, place whereby I need something to get me somewhere. When a lot of the time you don't need that thing. A lot of the time you don't need that particular thing. And we just create it um, in order for us to make excuses as a way of, you know what, that's a good reason why I didn't hit the PR today. I just couldn't hear the right note. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I'm not like an avid uh, gym goer. I'm not like a gym head or anything. Maybe I'm a weird guy, but anytime, even if I'm trying to hit a new PR or whatever, I just keep telling myself, Allah made you strong. Allah made you strong. Allah created you to be strong. You know, this is for Allah. And then push, 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 push. And that, like, that's literally all I do. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to anything. Um, but the brother here, Burst Clan, says you can use gymnast sheets. There are playlists on YouTube. So even if you feel like you need to listen to something, there are in the sheets as well. Um, now, a really good question for uh, brother Abdullah. Uh, Z asks, how do we apply for the productivity athlete uh, services? Please and thank you. Um, so what you usually do is I'll just get a DM. And from a DM, sometimes, yeah, I'll give a basic reply. And then if the person's really interested, they'll come back to me. Because I like to see my service as a bit like a, bit like a doctor. A doctor doesn't go out there and just say, oh, you have this and you have that. Come to me. The the doctor just has people at his doorstep because the people realize that they either need to be diagnosed or they need some help. So you DM me. And then if you're really interested, then I'll give you the sign up form. And from there we can discuss. But um, as of now, um, my particular course that I've just launched is, is currently full. Alhamdulillah. So I won't be able to take anyone on, but I am trying to release some uh, guides. So people who can't afford the course or haven't made this cohort would have something in the meantime to just give them a guide, inshallah, whereby you can... Um, find the steps towards productivity and then we'll just discuss the different um, steps that you can take to come out of pretty much from level zero bottom level absolutely not productive to someone inshallah to become productive inshallah inshallah yeah. uh, brother lambob says i used to produce beats and i learned the different frequencies that activate the dopamine receptors and stuff causing addiction and feeling of nostalgia attaching themselves to you wallahi sinister subhanallah 100%. I think there was a uh, video we made about it a long time ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, and it is very, very deep. A lot of artists and, and producers, they talk about how, you know, they hit certain frequencies and they make sure there are certain frequencies in the music to get you attached and hooked to it and bobbing your head and dancing. So it is very, very sinister. While the Quran is a shifa, it's a healing for us, alhamdulillah, and a uh, rahmah for the world. Yeah, there used to be this artist. His name was a uh, Triple X Temptation. Yeah, he passed away, but he said it. You know, he revealed it that like when he makes music, he can control the frequency and thereby control you through the frequency. He can make you feel sad if he wants you to make to if he wants you to feel sad. If he can make you feel happy if he wants you to to feel happy. So it's 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 pretty crazy, man. It's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, it, bro. I swear, last night. I'm trying to reduce TikTok. Last night, I made a video on TikTok responding to, uh, to to somebody. And I came across one video and it just had a very sad song in the background. And I went to bed and I realized I'm like, I just felt so depressed. I felt so sad. And I, wallah, I didn't know why. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, why do I feel this way? And then like, it's it, it felt like the song was slowly creeping in the back of my head. And I'm like, it's because I listened to a sad song, bro. Every single time. I listen to something and it repeats more than once, bro. It, 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 it's a sad song. It makes me feel sad. Subhanallah. 
it's it's crazy how effective it is. Soma says, after canceling my Spotify subscription, I had no desire to listen to music uh, as I couldn't choose what to listen to. This is what helped me. Oh, subhanAllah. Alhamdulillah, man. Bro, the more aware you become, the more you see. Like, you know how you just, you became aware and you were like, bro, like, I'm sad. Like, why the hell am I sad? It's because of this, this little song that I was playing in the background. Bro, but again, like, there are other songs, there are other music out there that, like, when you listen to it, it, it like, it, it almost, like, starts stroking your ego. And it starts making your ego, like, just want to come out more. And, like, just more dominant, more dominant. That's stuck for a lot, man. And people don't realize this. People do not realize this. Yeah. SubhanAllah. I don't think, I don't think people want people to realize this. You know what I mean? I, I think people want everyone to fall into this delusion and not notice how effective it is and, and, and how affected they are being, which is very, very unfortunate. But that's why we're here, alhamdulillah, right? We want to, inshallah, make people aware and make them conscious. Inshallah. No, definitely. Yeah. Kind of goes back to uh, the, the, what's it called? The concept of cognitive dissonance. Like some people, I think, I think this is just common in society today. And in fact, it's promoted in society. You're, you're so deep into a sin and because you can't get yourself out of it, you start justifying the sin. So you, you're like, you know what? It's not as bad as everyone says. It's just the way they're making it sound. Or even today, and I don't, and I don't want to be, and I say this obviously with respect, even today with when it comes to like obesity and that, because some people are not willing to, and this is obviously those who actually are, have the option or ability to come out of that. They'll, now what are they doing today? They're justifying obesity and saying it's actually something healthy and something okay. And this is what co cognitive dissonance is, is you know the reality of something, or you have a particular goal, but your actions don't match that goal. So because your actions don't match the goal, something has to change either your actions or the goal. It's a lot easier to change your goal than it is to change your actions. Therefore, instead of now me trying to be fit is the goal, the new goal is I need to be obese. And that's how you make it make yourself feel temporarily good because you know deep down you're never going to feel good. And that's what people do today when, whether it's music or other things. They're so deep in a sin, it's just like, you know what, the sin's not bad no more. Or it's not as bad, I'm at least doing something else. And that's how they'll pretty much just justify it. Sad, bro. That's the society we live in, man. I mean, look look at the people who uh, they have the thoughts of homosexuality. And then they at some point they start to justify like, oh, well, this isn't that bad. You know, like everyone in society is also doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, well, not everyone, but most people in society are doing this. So and it's being promoted, you know, like it's being pushed. So, hey, maybe it's actually something normal. Maybe it's actually something beneficial. Uh, sorry, I'm just messaging the brother who's going to inshallah take a shahada, make sure he's still uh, ready to hop on. Uh, Indo says, I just came uh, I just came in late to the discussion, but music works differently on each person. It can affect uh, most positively and most negatively on the type of music, music you listen to. I think for most people that listen to sad music, they'll feel sad <clears throat> and happy music, yeah. they'll feel like happy or whatever. But um. The main point is that it affects you in a very, I don't want to say yeah, unnatural yeah. way because it has a weird like connotation sometimes, but in a ultimately a negative way. Yeah, but here's that, the caveat. My mm -hmm. bad, bro. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say anything that influences you uh, like that in that manner, especially when a lot of the, the music industries is just so dirty, to be frank, it can't be good. Yeah. Anything that's not a necessity that feels like a necessity like that, 
has a clear indication that it's like harmful. And that's why, for example, like alcohol can feel like a necessity if you end up drinking it or other things. And people may argue, oh, but what about snacks and drinks and that? But essentially your diet is a necessity. You need to eat. And how you eat, then is obviously that's a different um, question. But yeah, like music has this abnormally addictive addictiveness to it, whereby you could just listen to it hours on end. And in fact, most people who listen, I don't know if I, I believe I saw a study recently whereby I said those who listen to um, music hours on end is a sign of the depression, sign of sadness, sign of loneliness. They just don't, that this is how they fill up their day. It's just a way to distract their thoughts because they're not happy with their own thoughts. So they need something else in their head. And that's how they pretty much satisfy themselves. And that's why music in general, it's just this is this history of it. And this is what it leads people to do it. Especially today, no one could justify music on any level because music today, if you look at just the lyrics of what they're saying, in fact, when you look at the rappers themselves who they say our lyrics is just nonsense, we just say whatever because the people like it and people are going to pay me for it. That's what it is. They said, this is what the people want. We're going to give it. But we, we don't even think it makes sense. It is absolute nonsense. You can maybe argue, give the argument maybe 10, 20, maybe 50 years ago. But in modern day society, you can, can't really justify music that much. Yeah, 100%. It's been a lot. It's crazy how we took such a long tangent on music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Career, yeah. yeah that's fine. I know there's I know there's one brother who he used to listen to music all the time. And um this is by by it's not a Muslim brother, by the way. So it I can't say, you know, like oh the Muslim brother or something like this, but it, he had a girlfriend and every time he would be eating, he would put music on. He would put music on. And then one day she noticed, he told me that she noticed him listening to music every time that he ate. And then she had asked him, like, why do you listen to music every time that you eat? And he didn't even know what to reply. SubhanAllah, he didn't know what to say to this girl. But it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's a deeper underlying thing. And he was trying to run away from something, trying to distract himself from something. Because clearly he's putting the music on whenever he's by himself. Even if she's she was in the vicinity or someone else was in the vicinity from what he told me, he would always put music on so he wouldn't be by himself. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Um the brother uh just joined Alhamdulillah. He's actually on his way home. So I'm gonna bring him up on the stream, inshallah. Yo, my brother Oscar, we're live. How you doing, my man? I'm grateful. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Allah. Are uh, you you driving right now? Yeah. Okay. How long till you get home? Uh, like eight minutes. Eight minutes. Yeah. Okay. It's up to you. If you want, you can join again once you get home. No, no, no. Let's do the shahada right now, man. You're yeah, let's do it now. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Eight minutes. You never yeah. know what could happen. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that, that would be the safe, the safest route. So I'll, I'll tap in in eight minutes. But I'm excited. I'm really excited to to tune in and to say my shahada. I've been practicing, <laughs> like, my words and everything. Alhamdulillah. So just to be sure, you do want, you want to come back in eight minutes or you want to do it now? Uh, I'll come back in eight minutes because I want to be safe about this. Bro, you, you better say that on your lips while you're driving then. You don't know what's going to happen. Inshallah, nothing happens. But, you know, May Allah protect you. Allah. We never know. May Allah protect you. I mean. Well, it's because I want to, like, I'm more, uh, like, share a little bit of the story of the background, like how I came into this and everything. Of course, of course. All right, Inshallah. We'll be here, my brother. We'll wait you, for you, Inshallah. All right. Allah, inshallah, I'll get home safely, and then I'll tune in inshallah. as soon as I get home. Inshallah. Oh, I'll, I'll, talk to, I'll talk to you all soon. Assalamualaikum.
What a nice brother. Yeah, well. brother. All right. We got, inshallah, another seven, eight minutes to, uh, to talk about productivity. So let's start rounding it up again. Um, for everyone who's struggling with being productive, what are some of the, the base notes? Again, just to reiterate. Um, everything goes back to your purpose and your purpose will determine how far you go and how far you want to do something. And then someone may argue to me and say, you know what, Arba, we all believe in Allah. So why isn't, why isn't everyone motivated? You can believe in something or you can have a purpose in life. And that is obviously our purpose is to live for the sake of Allah. And then you'll find some people motivated more than others. That's because some people are more connected to that purpose. So one thing is finding a purpose and then, so one is finding a purpose and then two would be connecting to that purpose. And then once you connect to that purpose, then you can start designing your life around it. And when you design your life around this purpose, make sure you understand this purpose in full. Because if someone says, oh, you're living for the sake of Allah, then why aren't you just in the masjid all day? Or why aren't you just doing those all day? No, as I said, Islam's comprehensive and it comes from many different angles. And let's just say your purpose right now is to live for money. Then that person's lifestyle will revolve around or their routine and productivity will revolve around that purpose. So your purpose is the main thing because you need a reason why you get up in the morning or you're doing what you're doing. You can't just say you're going to the gym for the sake of it. Like I said, an intention is always required for every action, whether the intention is for the sake of Allah or for, for your sake or for someone else's sake. That's it. There always has to have an existing intention. So you need that purpose. And then after you have that purpose, obviously set yourself goals and don't be too ambitious in the beginning because you're already lazy. You're trying to come out of being lazy. Just set yourself basic goals that, you know what, I'm going to be someone who hits the gym twice a week and set yourself other basic goals. I may read a page a day in a book or half a page a day or even a line of a page a day. And then set yourself a very, very uh, simple routine that's not amazing. You sleep late, you wake up late. You eat at specific times, even if they're not at the best of times. But as long as you're following some form of routine, you're following your word. And then from following your word, you can now tweak it and begin to adjust yourself in a manner which is more disciplined. And then from there, you can develop. 100%. Very, uh, actually, everyone in the chat right now, go and like just for that beautiful summary. Because if you missed the whole stream and all you caught was that, inshallah, that should be enough for you to start improving your life and yourself and be more productive, inshallah. But one note I want to make is, oh, sorry, Arnold, do you want to add something? No. I had a question, but by all means, bro, add the note. Bismillah. So a lot of people, actually one brother commented, may Allah bless you, uh, think that the key is to be motivated, motivation. But unfortunately, that is a, a utopic belief that doesn't actually exist. There's no one that's always motivated. Um, rather, what is more important is that people are disciplined. And when it comes to discipline, obviously, it's a lot more difficult because discipline is basically doing what you need to do when you don't want to do it. And or or there's something else you actually really want to do. Like if you really want to watch a movie or play video games, but you know you need to do your assignment, a lot of people just end up playing games and don't do their assignment out of laziness or they procrastinate, say, I'll do it later. But the most important thing that will help, I think, with discipline, and this is something I tell the brothers in my sessions all the time, is to focus on why. As soon as you understand why you're doing something, it changes everything. Let's take that same scenario. Why am I going to do my assignment? Because if I don't, I'm going to fail. My parents are going to beat me, low-key, right? I'm going to fail. I'm going to set myself back. I'm going to have to redo the course. I'm going to have to go to summer school. Uh, it doesn't look good. I'm going to feel more negative about myself. I'm going to feel like a failure, blah, blah, blah. It's going to affect my grade, whatever it might be. And then ask, why am I going to play video games? Whatever answer you come up with, I promise you it's not going to be enough. And you're going to be like, you're going to feel this urge. Okay, let me go finish my assignment. Understanding why is the most important thing when it comes to discipline, inshallah. 
no 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 i definitely agree the equation of when it comes to motivation as well yeah the equation people just don't understand the root of everything and i think when you understand it you're like okay this makes sense now i'm willing to do this it's action without emotion so i just have to do this like let's say you want to start your youtube you just do it not because you're motivated you're you're in the beginning you're the reality is you're a nobody when you start your youtube your instagram no one knows you you're just going to do it because you feel like you know what this is my path this is what i'm choosing to do then it's repetition you have to repeat it with no emotion again. So you're going to the gym, you're not seeing results for the first couple of months. You're not seeing the first results in the first maybe couple of weeks of your um, content creation. Then after that motiv um, motivation comes from results. So you have to do actions, repetition, results. Action, repetition, results equals motivation. And if you know how to use that equation for your benefit, then you'll always essentially kind of, you can kind of call it a motivation hack, that you kind of be motivated because you know how now things work. If I just do an action and I repeat it and I get success from it, I'm going to be motivated because no one ever gets an award and doesn't feel motivated after. Like, let's say your objective is to get a certain amount of followers or your objective is to get a certain amount of people to enter Islam. Let's say right now your objective was one person, but you got two people. You're like, yo, what I'm doing is working. I'm just going to repeat this again and again. Or you made a cake um, and you're a company that makes cakes for people and you're seeing people come back. You're like, I'm going to make more cakes. Initially, you have no motivation to make cakes because you don't know if it's going to work or not, or you don't know if your DAO is going to work or not. So it's not motivating in the beginning, but it becomes motivating when you see results. And results can only come if you're willing to do things without um, emotion in the first place. And this idea that emotions are required to do anything is completely a fallible idea, completely. Because if we reacted on our emotions all the time, the world would be chaotic. Every time I'm angry, I break something. Every time I'm sad, I don't want to go to work. Every time I'm upset, um, I don't want to speak to this person. You have to overcome your emotions. They're just there to fill. They're there to make us human. And these different emotions can benefit you, but they should never be the reason you make a decision. I could be completely upset that I am that um, someone's taken something from me, but that doesn't give me now the right to take something from someone else just because I feel like I was done dirty. I'm going to go do someone else dirty. I do not need any form of emotion to help me with my decision. What I do need is a rational plan or a rational um, attack timetable whereby it tells me what to do and if it's good for me i'm doing it and if it's bad for me then i'm not going to do it and simple as i do not need any form of emotion to lead me to my actions all i do need is a rational action plan i know you had a question uh from earlier do you remember what that was yeah brother abdullah would you say that you are a like a baby step individual kind of person or would you say you're like an all-in type person can you repeat the question sorry yeah yeah so i feel like there's two personality types right there's like the, the people who are all in like they want to do everything all at once mm -hmm. and they usually burn out and then there's the people who um they're more like like baby steps like just consistency like over time little by little little by little little by little you know whereas uh, like these people they don't they don't do as much but they don't burn out you know they're actually consistent with it I think I'll try, I'll do my best to be in between both of those. I feel like when you take yeah. baby steps, it's definitely good. And I think it all depends on your stage. So when you're beginning at anything and you're just a newbie to anything, always take baby steps. But then after yeah. that, you do need to speed up. And I think like when you have less followers, you can provide less content. The minute you have more followers, you lose more followers as you gain more followers. And therefore your mm -hmm. speed needs to go up. And that's the same now with your business. If I, in the beginning, you can be slow when it comes to producing um products and everything but the slower you are then 
the more likely your business will crash. You need to speed up as things go mm-hmm. and speed defies gravity. So you always want to go as much as you, it's a bit like a plane. Eventually a plane has to be at a particular speed in order for it to exist or, or in order for it to be in the air. And you, so I try to be in between. You don't want to go all in, but nor do you want to be someone who takes too much baby steps. You want to try to find the fine line in between both of those. So then you're able to move fast enough whilst also being able to see your next move. Yeah, yeah 100%. But that's where you try to be. What are you like naturally if you want to try anything? I used to be someone who was just all in. And I yeah. think that's just out of excitement. And also being optimistic. I just believe that you can do things a lot quicker than people say. And I've seen that for myself. And then as I started a business, and now when you manage things itself, you have to be in between. So usually now I'm closer to the baby side than the bigger side more than anything yeah, because yeah, yeah. you have to be so much more calculated like you're you're dealing now with people you're dealing with people's money you're dealing with people's agreement you're dealing with a lot more on your shoulder than just going forward and just be like you know what i'm just going to go all in to things you have to be a lot more calculated and because of that that's also just spread whether it's gym whether it's um sports i do whatever it may be i always just go in now just slowly and try go from there yeah i had the literally the same exact path like I, i'm always I was always super optimistic. I always overestimated my abilities a lot, um, which I think is a bit contrary to what you said. You said a lot of people, you know, can actually do things faster than than they believe, if I heard you correctly. Me, I was always like, I'm going to read like 11 books in like two hours. And then I'm on page four and I'm like, I'm not going to get anywhere close to it. So (laughs) I am always like, let me go, you know, let me dump in, you know, dive in the deep end, jump down in there. And then I, I realize how deep I am. Uh, so I, I did take a more moderate approach and start taking step by step. And I think that there's a lot of benefit in that, inshallah. It's just some for some realms, some areas in life, the steps are going to be bigger. You know, so if, like if you're not a reader at all, then maybe the step is reading two pages a day. Right. But if uh, you want to work out and you're not like you're, you're, you physically enjoy it, then maybe the step will be going four times a week for like an hour and a half. Like maybe that's more doable for you. The size of the step, I think, depends on, on who you are. Definitely. Honestly, man, like I love that that plane analogy you gave. Allah bless you, bro. Like, yeah, you got a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom as well, man. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless us all and increase us all. Nothing is uh, achieved without Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Brother Yusuf says, "You brothers see the Ummah Welfare Trust Somalia." I have not. I don't know what that is. Bomba yeah. Welfare Trust is a very good charity. Um, it's oh, yeah. a pretty much 100% uh, charity policy. So they don't take no like admin fees or anything. And wow. they do their best to be as things. So they, I think right now, um, they have this uh, crisis. There's a crisis in Somalia. And they're basically at the forefront of basically trying to sort out the crisis. So may Allah make everything easy in Somalia. Because I, I, I heard there's a lot of, I don't know if it's floodings or there's just a lot of problems there right now. And they're suffering quite a lot. May Allah make it easy for them. What's this thing called? It's uh, Umma something. Trust. Umma Relief? Umma, Umma trust Welfare relief? Trust. Umma Welfare Trust. Jazakallah. So they're known as UWT. UWT. So how's you guys' routine? Like, um, in general, because you guys seem, Lama Barak, especially recently, you guys um, have... <laughs> to carry a channel like this is not easy especially with the the demand you guys must have and now i know you guys probably what people may 
know or may not know is that you guys are probably dealing with things in the background. The fact that you guys have shahadas and everything going on in the background probably means you guys are probably getting questions from people like from different angles. Oh, I'm suffering from this. How would you guys advise? And it's probably a lot deeper than you guys maybe initially expected. So how has life as well like kind of changed from there? And I know I'm not the host, but I just thought to ask because it's quite interesting, mashallah, like what you guys are doing. And um, you guys like went pretty much, you can say zero to hero very quickly, mashallah. And I don't blame the community as to why they did that. It's a good question for sure. Uh, to, to make to summarize as much as possible for me, in terms of my routine, it's pretty it's pretty stable, I'd say. Um I work Monday to Friday and um we record or we go live Wednesdays and Thursdays. I have two brother sessions on the weekends, and um those are like my absolutely firm fixed things in my schedule. I will book the off meeting or the off call or the off consultation. Um, and then anytime I have free time, I like to use it either to record a video or to do some other kind of khair or respond to a comment or even make a TikTok video once in a while and, and give people some benefit. Um, but I honestly, um, a lot of the background work for the channel, I, like 99%, when I say a lot, I mean like 99% of the background work is done by Fayez. I mean, Allah oh, yeah, bless yeah. him and a okay, reward. Yeah, may Allah bless, bless him. him. Yes, yes, yes. Allah. Allah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. Yeah. But we are trying to create yeah. a Discord. For um for people yeah. who who have you know considerations or or contentions or need help or advice, trying to make a Discord inshallah to bring the community together. So make that 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 can be done um successfully and efficiently. Well, Anhover, how about you, man? Man, I'm the same, bro. I'd say my routine is very uh it's very good. Alhamdulillah. I try to do all my work between like Fajr and Dover time, and then like between Dover and and Maghrib, like, I'll try to just include, like, either studies or working out during that time. I know it was a little different for you because you were saying you, you work on the morning time. Salam alaikum, by the way, Habibi. Well, alaikum salam. Salam alaikum. Yeah. And just finishing, like, my, my whole point is that uh, it's definitely hard, man, because it's, it's an amana when you start, you know, you start growing. And people start reaching out to you more. And we might become overwhelmed. But it's like, bro, it's it's so beautiful. And it's it's think about how much butterka is in that that someone's reaching out to you, asking you a question for help. You know, like that's a huge trust. That's a huge amount. And like, I'll be honest, man, like I'm I have a very difficult time trying to respond to each person, but alhamdulillah, bro. I'm very, very blessed, very grateful. And uh, I just try to do my best. Alhamdulillah. Allah, my barik. May Allah bless it for you and your whole team, inshallah. Allahumma amin, ya Rabbi. Allahumma amin. All right, bismillah. So um, another blessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us is Brother Oscar, alhamdulillah, giving us the honor of um, of helping him give uh, take his shahada live for everybody, inshallah, to benefit from as well. It's always a beautiful iman booster. Assalamu alaikum, Oscar, my man. How you doing? I'm grateful. Well, like, well, like, well, salam. How are y'all? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You're looking good, my man. You're looking good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm sure, like, maybe y'all are curious, or some of the viewers are curious, like, why is he wearing a headdress, you know? And he's not even Muslim yet. <laughs> There's a story behind that, too. But I, I want to take my shahada right now, so I'm ready. I'll take it in Arabic first, and then English. All right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Uh, before we say the shahada, I'm just going to ask you six very quick questions. Uh, about like the tenets of faith in Islam. So first and foremost, do you believe that there's only one God worthy of worship with no partners or associates? 
Yes, 100%. And do you believe in the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? 100% yes. And do you believe in the prophets and messengers that Allah has sent? Yes, 100%. And do you believe in the revelations that Allah has sent with the messengers like the Torah, the Gospel, and the Quran? Yes. And do you believe in decree, divine decree or destiny from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yes, 100%. And do you believe in life after death in the day of judgment? Yes and yes. 100%. Allahumma barak Allah bless you immensely. And with that being said, can you guys see my screen? Yes. All right. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Just repeat after me in Arabic. Ashhadu. Ashhadu. An la. An la. Ilaha. Ilaha. Illallah. Illallah. Wa ashhadu. Wa ashhadu. Anna. Anna. Muhammadan. Muhammadan. Abduhu. Abduhu. Wa. Wa. Rasuluh. Rasuluh. Now repeat after me in English. I bear witness. I bear witness. That there is none worthy of worship. That there's nothing but worship. None worthy of worship. None worthy of worship. Except for Allah. Except for Allah. And I bear witness. And I bear witness. That the Prophet Muhammad. That the Prophet Muhammad. Is the servant and messenger of Allah. Is the servant and messenger of Allah. Takbir. Welcome to Islam, our beautiful oh, brother Oscar. Alhamdulillah. How are you feeling, my man? Grateful and excited. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about your uh, your beautiful story in coming to Islam? Yeah. First, I want to give a shout out to Allah, Allah Akbar. And then second, I want to give a shout out to my wife for allowing me and helping me, like give me the space to tune into the live because we have two sons and they're two under two so like yeah. it takes more than one person to definitely take care of them so i want to give a shout out to her and then the story is i've been studying islam for like since 2018 but it's not the islam that i'm tuning into now it's the islam that has been i guess you could say watered down or remixed because mm. here in North America, before the United States, it was the 13 colonies. And before the 13 colonies, it was the, the Americas. Before the Americas, it was Northwest of Mexico. And the so-called Indians of here were not really called Indians. That Indian name was given to them in replacement of their original name, which were the Moors. The Moors, the Moorish Empire used to run majority of the world, including over here in, in the Americas. So that's why I wear this turban or I wear a headdress because sometimes I wear a fez. And first, I, I did it just to remind myself and remind other people around them that where we come from and the original indigenous people, how they used to look, how they used to wear. So it, I would do that. But then after I noticed that, because like the reason why I mainly was attracted to it. It had a lot of answers for the questions that I was seeking. But then once I've noticed that most of these answers, after cross-referencing it, they weren't accurate, in my opinion. Therefore, like, uh, because the reason 
many people like I don't know if you've heard about the Moors and like the like the rise of the Moors or things like that here in the in the states. No, I'm not familiar. Yeah, so many of the Moors, including in Canaanland, aka Canada, because Canada used to be called Canaanland. So a lot of the Moors they like to study history and they like to identify the country with its older name, with the original name instead of the new corporate name, and many of the Moors would say, declare your nationality because nationality is the order of the day. And I'm like, what does declare your nationality mean? So I did further research and that was back in 2018. And then I found found a prophet named Prophet Noble Drew Ali, who surprisingly he wrote, well, he didn't write, he prepared the Circle 7 Holy Quran. Have you guys heard of that? Uh, no. So it's not the same as the Quran that Prophet Muhammad wrote. It's a lot smaller and it's more specific to a group of people of here in the in the Northwest or in the so-called United States. And Prophet Noble Jali, he wrote or prepared that book at age 40, just like Prophet Muhammad wrote the book, the Holy Quran. Okay, and can I can I just jump in quickly, please? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So when um when you say he's a prophet, do you mean like a prophet of God, like the prophet Muhammad and, and all that? Or what do you mean when you say prophet? What I mean with prophet, he was he was sent because uh, the Moors, they believe in Allah as well. But it's yeah. it's like they kind of contradict themselves. And that's why I kind of slowed down mm -hmm. entertaining that information yeah. because there was a, a few contradictions. So it is a, like a prophet from Allah because he did come to free the so-called black people by letting them know hey if you nationalize and you know and you accept the law as your god and if you accept that you're not black and you do have a nationality you will not have uh you won't be in trouble with with the jurisdiction of the united states yeah so are you talking about like uh is this kind of the like the nation of islam rhetoric no, nation of islam? no, completely, no completely different the nation of okay. islam i don't participate with them I think they are, instead of disrespecting them, I think they're just through a, a hard learning curve, all, all of them. They're going mm -hmm. through a hard learning curve because I don't want to disrespect them in any way. So I don't know. I, I, I never entertain that, you know, especially like, Farrakhan. I never entertain them or follow him or put him on a pedestal. So it's right. different from that. Okay. So I just, I just want to make sure that this, like this Moorish kind of Islam and all that stuff, mm -hmm. you, you don't believe that there is a prophet after the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Right. So now I accept Prophet Muhammad as the only true prophet. And uh, like the last and final prophet and messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, correct? Correct. Perfect. Because just to be clear for like everyone, you and the viewers, we believe in the prophets like Abraham, Noah, Moses, Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, peace and blessings be upon all of them. And the yeah. prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. But we believe that the prophet, as Allah says in the Quran, is the seal of the prophets. And in another recitation of the same ayah, the last of the prophets. Mm -hmm. So, and there are unfortunately a few different groups that try and say, "Oh, this person is a prophet, that person is a prophet." Astaghfirullah. Mm -hmm. We know, Alhamdulillah, very clearly as Muslim, as Muslims, that the Prophet is the last final messenger of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So, mm -hmm. when you know, after learning all this stuff and seeing that there are contradictions and that stuff, when did you come to you know true Islam? I started studying it consistently for like the past month or so, and the the funny thing is because I I would entertain the true islam like a year ago but i wasn't really 
focusing on it 100% because mm. me and including many other Moors or declared Moors would be like, oh, that's dogmatic religion. We shouldn't be doing that. The uh, higher self is is the, the God and your lower self is the devil. Like you are your own devil. You are like, like that's where the contradictions were coming from, you know? And and that's that's when I started to, you know, just connect the dots. And I was like, okay, like if if nationality is the is the uh, order of the day and many of these moors or declared moors are saying that like this is the true islam but then i then i started to read the holy quran last year because i i I asked for a copy and then uh, i started to see differences i actually took a photo with my son my first son like me reading the quran to him because i want to show that photo to him when he gets older and that was last year. So I was like dabbling last year, but then I started consistently studying it like a month. And I, I would just watch y'all's channel when y'all were like around 80K subscribers. I would watch other channels. Another channel is uh, The Skeptical Muslim. I really like his channel. Yeah, the and, Muslim Skeptic, Daniel Hakikachu? Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, shout yeah, out. I really, yeah, I really like his his channel. Then I would watch uh, Muhammad uh, Hijab, I think. If yeah, I'm Muhammad really, Hijab. Yeah, so like I really like how he... Uh, represents himself and represents Islam. So that's what attracted me more too. So now like I, I stopped listening to music even before I said my Shahada because I used to listen to everything. Like it would be country, pop, hip hop, classic hip hop, classical music, metal, rock, like everything. Because I like, I didn't have a specific genre. I was open to everything. And now I don't listen to anything because it's it's a lot better. I, I'm able to focus more. But if I am listening to anything, it would be to debates. It would be the recitation of the Quran, or it would be y'all's channel when y'all interview different people. So that's what I really listen to more, you know, because I really want to prepare myself before I took my Shahada. Then I would, uh, then wearing the headdress is uh, going circling back to like what I mentioned earlier. This year, the beginning of this year, I made the intention and a promise to myself that I'm going to wear my headdress as much as I can, even at work, only to to make a, a promise for myself that I'm going to represent myself and the indigenous Mexicans that are from Mexico to let them know, like, hey, this is how we used to look. This is how we used to be. Because the original Mexicans that are not shown or taught in school, like in the history books, is um, needs to be taught, needs to be reminded. And if you look at the Virgin Mary, she looks Muslim herself, covering her body from head to toe. And if you look and you Google different photos of like Mexico from the 1700s or 1600s, most of them look Muslim. So that's why I wear the headdress, you know. And if I if I don't wear the turban, I wear a fez. Or if I could wear it both, sometimes I put the turban and the fez on. Allahu Akbar. What's a fez? A fez, uh, they call it uh, in Turkey. It, it's like a red headdress wear. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Red, I know and then, then it has a, a tassel. It's it's yeah, what the yeah. Shriners and the Freemasons wear. But the difference of mine and theirs is my tassel is not pinned and it do, it's not marked, meaning I'm free. So that's it's my right to wear that fez. But with Freemasons and Shriners, the reason why it's marked and they're tassel is pinned is because they're slaves to their master which were the moors because a lot of the moors taught which a lot of the moors were muslim by the way just so y'all know for the record they were the original islam like the the islam that i took my shahada with they were those muslims and 
they would teach mathematics, linguistics, um, and many other things to the Europeans so they could bring the Europeans out of the darkness and into the light, you know, so they could be civilized and everything. So that's why theirs is marked and their tassel is pinned because they only have a limited degree of knowledge. And talking about Freemasons, I did look up some fun facts that George Washington, he didn't believe in the Trinity. And Thomas Jefferson, he bought, a, uh, well, he, he either he bought or it was gifted to him. I think it was gifted to him, a Holy Quran, uh, 11 years before he wrote the Constitution or before he created the Constitution. So Islam mm -hmm. had a lot to do with the Constitution that we have today. It was heavily influenced. And George Washington, too. He allowed his Muslim slaves, I mean, this sounds wrong, but it's just a historical fact. He allowed his Muslim slaves to work and to buy themselves out of being out of slavery so they could be free. And George Washington would, would uh, also learn Arabic from them or learn some of the Islamic principles from them. And that's why he gave them more freedom compared to the other slaves from different religions or different nationalities. This wow. is real? Like, you have actual, like, so yeah, look it up. Like, you don't have to believe me. You, you, you can look nah, it up. I'm not questioning you, but I'm not, I'm no, not look, questioning like that. It's, it's I just, I'm just wondering, like, you know? That's what I like about the Muslim community or, or about Islam is that we have to look for facts, you know, before yeah, we actually yeah. take it uh, as a fact, you know, and that's what I really like about that, too. I like challenging because that's how you grow. Like Allah says in the, in the Quran, like the only way you know your true strength is by testing, you know, just by testing yourself or by passing the test or even if you fail the test you have another opportunity to to improve and majority of my life I've always been about self-improvement but there's like a year or two or three that I did fall off and I was like pessimistic I was like you know what there's no point in improving like this but I've recently been disciplined in waking up at 5 a.m every day even though I go to sleep sometimes at 12 because I have two two children two under two one is a year and a half and another one is like about to be a month or he's probably a oh. month oh, yes yeah, so like, i barely get any sleep but i discipline myself to wake up at five because i want to start my day before i go to work i don't want to just wake up and go to work you know and yeah we're just talking about these things right? yeah literally we just we the whole like last hour and a half or last hour we were talking about all this stuff subhanallah yeah that's beautiful yeah. yeah it's beautiful it's lining up and and I'm big on discipline. I mean, I may, sometimes I may be too harsh, like for, like for my wife or for my cousins or anyone that's close to me. Like, you got to discipline yourself. Because I don't tolerate, like, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Procrastination. But I do procrastinate myself. And that's why I, I, I get caught up in my own thinking. Because I'm like, okay, I don't tolerate uh, uh, like other people slacking. But I slack a little bit sometimes, you know? So, like, okay. I just have to lead by example and save my energy, save my my opinion until I actually start applying 100% of discipline and stop procrastinating 100%. Yeah, I don't know if that's possible. Is that possible to stop procrastination 100%? Um, I'd say extremely difficult. <laughs> you know what? It's theoretical. Unless like you've actually been through it yourself, but theoretically speaking, I think I think it would be. Uh, granted the right situation is put into place like if you have a man and he has like several wives and several children i highly doubt this man's gonna be procrastinating right yeah because yeah. uh 
Cause I like, well, I've been told from many people that I'm hard on myself. Like I have to like be softer to myself, but I really don't see that. You know, like I can't really comprehend that because it's coming from my own perspective. But I really can't see that. However, uh, circling back to the story, so after consistently studying, like a month and a half, consistently back to back, watching different debates, uh, listening to the Quran and reading it, I'm like, okay, like. I have a few questions about a few things, but I know I'm going to get the answers the more I read the Quran, you know? So like, cause all the answers are there. Cause if I just ask y'all or someone else, that's just me procrastinating on reading the Quran, you know, instead of looking for the answers myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Actually on that note, uh, we have a super chat. Uh, Brother Mo says, welcome to Islam Oscar. I strongly urge you to study the Quran and the Sirah, which is the life of the prophet. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Peace be upon him. These brothers can help you with sources, study circles, etc. May Allah bless you and your family with knowledge and guidance. Allahumma amin. Shukran. Shukran. I'm aware of that word. So, shukran. May Allah bless you. And uh, Brother Noor says, Assalamu alaikum, brothers. I'm from Somalia and love you all for the sake of Allah. May Allah uh, grant you Jannah, inshallah. Allahumma amin. Amin. Before we end off this stream, uh, I think, alhamdulillah, there's a beautiful overlap now between our two guests, Brother Abdullah and Brother Oscar. Um, so, Brother Abdullah, do you have any advice for the brother, you know, just coming into Islam? Um, <clears throat> forgive me for the silence. I don't want to be abrupt in giving um, advice um, in this particular regard directly um, too quickly. Um The advice of like the mashayikh, the ulama, is always to just to uh, to take things obviously as slow as possible um, and try to focus more on definitely the, the five daily prayers, more, more important than anything, and try to build that love and connection towards your religion as much as you can um, by obviously, as the brother advised uh, through the super chat, through the seerah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi because the more you know him, um, the more you love him, and this is just mm-hmm. inevitable. You ha- you have you, you just love him because the more you understand him, and also the Quran because the speech of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the greatest speech um, to ever be revealed to mankind, and it's perfect and it doesn't have anything missing from it. And while saying that as well is, and this is a general productivity concept, and this is just a general like Islamic concept as well, is that don't try add too much, try remove more. And what I mean by that is we should all reflect on our lives and think what bad habits do I have that I can remove so I can make spaces for new habits. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what happens is we try to add habits and that's what actually re- reduces our discipline because we have other bad habits, which cause friction between these habits. So for example, like let's say you want to wake up in the morning, forget trying to wake up early in the morning, focus on trying to stop sleeping late and then naturally you wake up in the morning. So if you can take that concept and then apply it to your religion and think, you know what, like you said, mashallah, you've already taken the step to not listen to music. That's going to open now the doors to Quran. For some people, what they do is they'll try to listen to Quran, but then they listen to music. And that takes them away from the Quran. Whereas if they just stop listening to music, they'll be forced or they'll love to listen to the Quran. So if you do that towards the beginning of your journey, what you're doing is purifying yourself and making space for all of the worship and all of the knowledge that you're going to um, partake, inshallah. And doing it that way will not feel as overwhelming as trying to research so many things um, from, from so many different angles. And that would just generally be like 
my advice to people, whether in the productive life or just in your Islamic life, which is also a productive life as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Barakallah Fiqh. And that's, that Thank advice you. does not just go for Brother Oscar. It's also for me, for Anhim, for all you guys at home, inshallah. And I'm sure for Brother Abdullah himself. Myself May too, Allah bless. Myself too, Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless all the people who attended, inshallah. Do you guys have any last words for the people watching before we end the stream? Mm. No? Mm. That's it? Five. All right. <laughs> For me, yeah. no, I was just going to say, obviously, thank you guys for um, <laughs> having me on your stream um, for as well, like being good companionship. Obviously, this is whilst you guys are interviewing me at the end of the day, this is also companionship between us. Um, alhamdulillah, we've built um, a small bond and it's the beginning of a bond, inshallah. And whilst we're in two different countries, alhamdulillah, we're being brought together by the benefit of the internet. And uh, inshallah, everyone has benefited from uh, from this and may Allah bless your work and increase you guys in goodness and uh, keep you firm upon your sincerity because one of the hardest things to do in this uh, uh, road of yours is to be as sincere as you can and both for myself and yourselves um, so yeah just keep up the hard work inshallah may Allah bless you all with what's best for you and protect you from that which may harm you barakallahu feekum Wabarakfikum, Allahumma ameen, uh, and for you as well, Allahumma ameen. Well, and I do want to give a shout out to Faya because he's the one that like uh, messaged me and everything. So I want to give a shout out to Faya. Definitely, definitely. He's he's up there, man. Mashallah, may Allah bless him for organizing everything. Can be in like a backbone for you guys as well. Allahumma ameen, ameen, Rabb. For the entire chat, if y'all are watching right now, y'all miss Faya. Spam the chat section with hashtag if. We're going to make this a thing until he comes back, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. 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 And with that being said, Allahumma atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana waqina adab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.